answer my crazy day, my packed commute, all those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brian Peacock. This edition of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Use promo code LOCKEDON at MyBookie.ag. It is a winky Thursday. That means I will be bringing Nick Winkler on the show in just a moment. We're going to do a big mailbag segment. Going to get to the cover three questions plus all of... The questions in the mailbag that I did not get to from Tuesday's show that I did not have because I'm sick. Kind of getting over that, feeling a little bit better in the throat area. Things are uh, still not all the way there in the in the sinuses, so uh, that's what I'm dealing with right now. But uh, going to be able to bring this show to you today, chatting with Nick in just a moment. A reminder to subscribe on iTunes, rate, review the show. we got the PFF giveaway. Going to announce some winners a little bit later. You can find me on Twitter at BDPeacock. Email the show, LockedOn49ers at gmail.com. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. We are everywhere you can find podcasts, including LockedOn49ers.com. One of the things that stuck with me from yesterday's show is uh, Matt Barrows was talking about Scott McClune and how Scott McClune had mentioned the quarterbacks coming up in this next draft and how he said he wouldn't name names, but he said that there was three guys he thought would be top 10 picks at quarterback and two more guys, so five total first-round prospects at quarterback. And so I just... Me wondering who he thinks those guys are. I think some of them are obvious. Some of them might be a little bit harder to decipher. I think the three that would be top 10 picks are Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, and Lamar Jackson. There's been some debate about Lamar Jackson. I think he would be one of the top three guys, in my opinion. Uh, Some people would have put Josh Allen in there to start the season. I don't think Josh Allen has played like a first-round draft pick necessarily, Uh, but he does have, as far as tools go, off the charts, great arm, and he's an athletic guy and a big guy, so he has all those things going for him. So as far as the other two quarterbacks that might be those first rounders, Josh Allen could be one of those guys. Um, And I think one of the guys that he is talking about is definitely Mason Rudolph from Oklahoma State. And then the third candidate to be that first round pick is Baker Mayfield. But this is so I think it's Mason Rudolph for sure. And I think the other three guys, as I mentioned, are Sam Darnold, Lamar Jackson, Josh Rosen. So the fifth guy it's going to be interesting. Is the fifth guy, the big, toolsy, strong-arm quarterback from Wyoming in Josh Allen, who hasn't necessarily played that well on Saturdays, or the guy who's been playing better than anybody at quarterback in the nation who might be a little bit undersized and might not have the cannon arm in Baker Mayfield. So that's interesting. Uh, I think Baker Mayfield is probably not going to end up being a first-round pick. I think Josh Allen, the way he's playing right now, should probably go back to school, and if he does come out I don't know if just his tools alone are going to get him in the first round either. I think he might be in more of a uh, Deshaun Kaiser area of the draft, you know, second round type of a pick and Baker Mayfield second or maybe even a third rounder just because, you know, it's only six feet tall. 
but he's such a playmaker. So I think maybe the only four guys go in the in the first round as as it looks today and if everybody was to declare. But there's talk that Sam Darnold might not declare and that he's already made up his mind and he is going back to USC for sure. So that would be interesting. That would throw a wrench into the works if people actually thought Darnold was worth that number one overall pick. But still a long time to go. But I thought that was interesting. I wanted to put some names to that and see if I could uh, guess which guys he's talking about. If I had to guess, it's probably Josh Allen. And uh, Mason Rudolph is the guys that he thinks might be end of the first round players. And then Rosen, Lamar Jackson, and Sam Darnold as the guys who could possibly go in the top 10. And hey, there was three guys that went in the top 12 last year. So, And and that class wasn't as well thought of this time last year as this class is. So that's not crazy to think that there would be five potential first round quarterbacks in this class. All right, I want to get to Nick to give us ample time to hit all these mailbag questions. But before I bring Nick on, I want to remind you guys about my bookie. Sometimes where you're betting at is just as important as who you're betting on. So that's why I'm telling you guys to go to mybookie.ag and use promo code locked on for up to 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. There are a lot of online sport books out there. My bookie is the way to go. My bookie has been in the business for years. Their rep is rock solid and they do that 100% cash bonus. So right off the bat, you're making money for really for doing nothing. And they have the fastest payouts. Seriously, just two business days. It's no different from going to Las Vegas and betting in a casino. In fact, there's a live casino, not just a sports book at mybookie.ag. And you can do it right from your smartphone. They've got a great mobile website to bet on the go. Go to mybookie.ag and tell them I sent you by using promo code Locked On. Get over there and get the best odds anywhere. Action News 8 Sports with Nick Winkler. Can't believe it. It's almost here. All right, here he is, Mr. Nick Winkler. How you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm fine. How are you doing, buddy? You sound a little bit better, but you're definitely yeah. not back up to 100%. You know, the throat's feeling better now. It's like it went from throat to sinuses, and so hopefully it's going to be kicked by tomorrow. But uh, yeah, feeling feeling a little bit better. There you go. Hey, the 49ers has got to be feeling a little bit better, too, about you know the way they're performing. They're, they, they've pretty much been in every game so far this year. Uh, probably could have easily won three of those games, and here we are again. Same story, right? I mean, a, a, a winnable game that... They don't win too many penalties, you know, drop balls. It's just the same story every week. Yeah, it's just, you know, sort of off the fingertips. Like, yeah. not not only the, the literal passes that are going off fingertips, but it's just the, the the game is right there for them to be able to grab it, and, and they can't quite come up with it. And Hoyer's, yeah. some, of Hoyer, the, some of the drops on Hoyer is, it's like everybody's fault. It's like, you know, maybe there's somebody in Hoyer's face, and then also his throw is just off the mark, and then also the receiver, you know, technically got his hands on it, maybe could have come up with it, but it would have been a tough grab. It's just not clicking in some yeah, sort of maybe, way. Yeah, maybe Hoyer throws a weird ball or something, you know, maybe the spin <laughs> comes off his hand a little bit differently than other people or something, but I, I like what you were just saying there. It's kind of like just off the fingertips. It's kind of like the receivers for the 49ers this year. You've seen it a lot where they're looking up field. You know, before they're catching the ball, maybe that's what's happening with the Niners. They're like, "Okay, I can see the win here," and then they take their eyes off it for a second, and then it falls through their fingers. Yeah, that's that's the way the season's been going. And uh, talked with Matt Barrows yesterday, and you know, we talked about how it's maybe a blessing to lose some close games. It's not the end of the world. Not, I'd like to see some W's, obviously, but in the grand scheme, uh, still another big off season to come. So if the record isn't quite there yet, that's okay. But there's definitely some positives that we can take away from this whole season. And we've seen some some growth in some players, which is which is, I think, one of the biggest keys about 2017. Yeah, you're, you're totally right. I, I listened to that show. I know you guys talked a lot about the offensive line, which has been 
Yeah, really just night and day from a year ago. The defensive line has looked solid as well. They they really showcased uh, getting to the quarterback there in the second half last week against the Cardinals. That was a lot of fun to see. Uh, and, you know, it's just, ah, man, I, I say it over and over again. It, it's just it's the little mistakes that keep keep happening. You know, I mean, Navarro Bowman drops an interception. You know, it could have changed the game. Aldrich Robinson, what I, I tweeted it out, man. He may have the worst hands in the world. I mean, can, <laughs> there's a reason why he's a cornerback, right, and not a wide receiver, and I think we found out why. Yeah, uh, Rashard, you said Aldrich, I think. Rashard Robinson. Oh, oh yeah, no, I mean, Aldrich Robinson, too. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he had some drops as well, yes. Yeah, so there's some going on there. But, I, yeah, I was definitely talking about Rashard because – Man, it's just, it seems over and over with that guy. He gets his hand on a football and, you know, you can make a play and, and switch the, the tide of a game and, and you just you drop it or you tip it to another guy. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's the same story. And you even said it there at the end of the game, you know, that probably wasn't on him because they were running the cover three zone there. Uh, but there was a point in that game at halftime where I, I was just like, wait, you know, because I'm watching the game with my family. I get a little bit distracted. And I, I, I asked my wife, I was like, hey, have you seen Larry Fitzgerald in this game? And, and she, of course, looked at me, who? But I was like, okay, I, I need to check this really quick. So I look at the box score. It was like two for seven yards or something. I was like, yeah, holding this guy in check. That's new. And then, of course, he makes the game-winning touchdown. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. And it was like, man, we've done a really good job on Larry Fitzgerald in this game. And then, of course, right. in crunch time, and it comes down to it, uh, he makes the big play, and uh, it was almost too easy. Having given him that much space, a veteran like Carson Palmer throwing to Larry Fitzgerald in the red zone, and having that gap between the corner and the safety to uh, to gun for, and uh, yeah, unfortunately, 49ers could not pull that out. But um, offensive line has been improved, and I think one of the things is not only like you know, and of course there needs to be more improvement there on the offensive line, and in a lot of right. different areas on the 49ers team personnel wise. But I think part of what's been good about this season is it's coming to focus on exactly which positions. And so you can kind of point them out and target it. It's like, it's okay if you're looking at the team and thinking, well, hey, we're a quarterback away. Well, that's a that's a good start because you can see it. Because coming into uh, the 2017 offseason, it was like, where do you even begin? We need a new everything. Yeah. Right. And then it looks like the, the Niners went out and did that in the offseason, you know, with the huge turnover yeah. and everything. They definitely addressed a lot of those needs. And, you you know... There wasn't that free agent quarterback to go out there. Were they going to give Mike Glennon $15 million? I mean, look how that worked out for the Bears. Dude's already <laughs> getting moved to the bench. So yeah. they brought in Hoyer. He was a stopgap. We hoped that he would perform, you know, as we have seen him perform at times during his career. And it's just not happening, whether it's it's him, the lack of confidence that we keep hearing about. I mean, clearly his receivers aren't doing him a whole lot of favors. You know, they, they've made a couple of really good plays, but they've also dropped quite a few very catchable balls that would have moved the chains. It, 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 they're not a quarterback away, but like you said, that quarterback will be a really big step yes. in the right directions, especially if it's Kirk Cousins. I mean, that guy's looked fantastic this year. He's he's had a good year, but yeah, it's it's not just a quarterback away. But you can look no, and you can no. say, hey, look, um, you know, maybe you add this position here, interior offensive line. Maybe if Josh Garnett does come back and is starting to look like a first rounder, and Tomlinson, who was a former first rounder, continues to develop, and then you plug in a center, and you're saying, okay, now we need an edge guy, and now we need a corner, and it's just you can kind of see where the pieces need to come together, which is a good sign. Right. And it's still year one of the rebuild, so you got to keep that in mind as well. So all in all, I think overall 49ers fans should and probably do feel a little bit better about the team right now than they maybe did 10, 12 months ago, even though they're 0-4. Yeah. No, you're exactly right. 0-4 sucks, but it, they've been in games. They, they've looked competitive. They haven't just been run, steamrolled, basically, as they were quite a few times last year. So it's just... 
it, it it sucks that you're winless at this point, but at the same time, yeah, maybe it is a blessing in disguise. You keep hearing that tossed around. You know, you, you get that better draft pick next year. But there's also a ton of season left. I mean, you're looking at 12 more games, and, and things could definitely get started in the right direction this weekend. You're playing a very winnable game uh, against the pretty poor Indianapolis Colts team. Yep, still without Andrew Luck. It looks like he's going to go into November with his rehab and, and whatever's going on with his shoulder. But, uh, yeah, this is this is the most winnable game, I think, so far on the schedule. Yeah, yeah, even you're totally right. Even though it's on the road, you know, that's not always an easy trip. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a fun one. I think the 49 and <coughs> excuse me, I think this week is the first time I can throw down that W and be like, OK, look, not, I can't I'm not just going to put down my money on the 49ers to cover. I can put the 49ers money down on the 49ers to win this game outright. That's that's even though I think they were I think the Colts are still favored by maybe two and a half going in, but that mm-hmm. maybe has changed a little bit. But I'm taking the Niners this week for sure. Yeah, I mean, you don't like the, you know, near cross-country trip, the 10 a.m. start, all of that. But, you know, this is a team that they're four games. They're a quarter of the way through the season. They, they've played together quite a bit. You know, you do have quite a few veterans on this team, too. And, yeah, I mean, you, you've held your own against some pretty solid football teams. I mean, you know, the, the Cardinals probably aren't that great. But, I mean, the Rams are definitely showing that they may be legit and you easily could have beat that football team. So yeah. it, they have confidence. You like to see that. You just hope that you know they can take that next step and actually pull out that W. Panthers too, three and one now, yeah, and they sure. the 49ers were in that game as well. So the 49ers haven't really been blown out at all, and they still haven't clicked in all phases for one game. But they've looked good in each phase at some point during the season. So if that all comes together, and you know maybe that's you know it's still only four games, like you mentioned earlier, that that could all start to come together, continue to develop this season, not only for the long haul but for now. And schedule gets easier after this road trip. November, December, I think, yes, and W's might actually start to flow here for the 49ers. Yeah, you get that first W, it really does a lot for for the the self-esteem and the confidence. So, yeah, I I think that once we see that, I think we might see a little bit different 49er team. Absolutely. All right, let's get into this mailbag. I got a lot of them I want to get to to make up for my uh, earlier missed episode on Tuesday. Let's roll. Okay, I want to start actually with Luis, our friend in Germany, who asked us the question about uh, the German food. And so always a shout-out to my overseas listeners. Uh, he, he recommends currywurst. That's his personal Ooh, favorite yeah. when it comes to German food, and I assume that's a sausage with curry flavor. It's I'm yummy. Just, I'm going to go out. I've, you've had it? I, I was going to go out on oh, a yeah. limb there with it, that it's a curry-flavored sausage. Yeah, when I visit <laughs> my brother uh, in, in Vienna, yeah, we, we just go out and we order everything on a menu and taste it all. And, yeah, and, and so, yeah, it, it's yummy. You know, if I'm going to get a sausage, it's probably – it's not high on my list, but, I mean, if it's there, I'm going to eat it. <laughs> there's no doubt about it i'll put some crowd on that though that that is good with sauerkraut uh with when it comes to sausage mustard a little extra like... sharp <laughs> all right i like it uh, he also recommends <laughs> flensburger as the best german beer which i have not had i don't know if that's even available in the states he recommends francis kiner too which i have had which is a very good uh hefeweizen style beer I just wrote down that first one, so my brother will bring it to me next time he comes. Yes, Flinsberger. I'm, I'm interested in trying that one now for sure. Uh, and he has a question here, so let's start with that. Uh, let's see. What is up with all the injuries we've been having the last couple of years? It has been slaying our team since we moved to Levi's Stadium. So that's from Luis. By the way, Luis and your German listeners, you're not alone. Uh, number Kind of jumping between number seven and eight on my list of top countries that listen to Locked On 49ers. So shout out to all my German and foreign listeners of Locked On 49ers here. As for the injuries, I mean, yeah. that's just the NFL. You know, you look around at every team. Every team's, you know, got their 
injuries to key players or, or to even just marginal players, but it's just it's a next man up philosophy in the NFL, and it sucks. You know, you don't want to see it. You didn't want to see it with Reuben Foster. You know, he was my high hopes for for team MVP coming into the year, and uh, I just you know I, I want to get him back on the field. And but at the same time, they're own four, so let's make sure he's a hundred percent before he gets back out there. Uh, you don't want to risk anything further when when this is a definite rebuilding year. That's kind of what I was thinking. I don't think the 49ers are worse off than other teams. I mean, just look at the, this week's opponent, the Colts. They're without their franchise quarterback. And without that right. guy, they can't do anything. So um, I think the 49ers have been kind of lucky as far as the injuries go. There's nothing super major. Um, you know, unfortunate, the the Foster injury, but he's on his way back. And so, and I think uh, just around the league, there's more injuries. So I think you might feel like there's more stuff going on, more Knicks. And I think it's just players being more aware and and team physicians and uh, trainers not letting guys go back out as often and right. players being more knowledgeable and self-reporting injuries. I think that's happening a lot more too. So I think it's just more players are, are being held out than ever before for every team. So it might feel like there's more injuries on the Niners, but it's really not compared to the league. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's that whole eye in this guy doesn't lie phrase. And yeah, I mean, maybe they're just seeing more things like, Oh, he's didn't report that his ankle is hurting, but look at that. He, he's limping around out there. And, you know, then they go check it out. And, oh, you have a sprain, you know? Yeah. I, I appreciate you trying to tough it out, but you know, we got, we got to get this thing right. And yeah, I think it, you know, it is definitely, I think there's a lot more attention being put on that uh, this season, maybe even the last couple seasons. I, I think that, you know, with player safety as such a, a high priority put out by the NFL, I think, I think you're going to see more and more of it every year. Let's move on to Tony, who asks about Robinson. We touched on already a little bit. He says, why has Robinson been so trash so far this year? I assume he's talking about <laughs> Rashard Robinson. Wasn't there a lot of hype coming into the season for him? Yeah, there was a lot of hype coming to the season, a lot of high hopes. Thought he would fit the scheme really well. And yeah, he he hasn't lived up to, to the little bit of hype he had coming in. But I, I mean, you assumed there would still be some development. I mean, I don't think people thought he was necessarily going to come in and be a shutdown guy uh, week one. But they had hoped that he could be just a legitimate starting quarterback in the NFL, but he hasn't looked good so far. And it's just, you know, I mentioned before on the show earlier this week that development development is not necessarily a linear path. So there's ups and downs. And hopefully, technique-wise, he can come back with it. Because I, I think a lot of it's technique. They'll get up and bump around coverage, and he doesn't get his hands on the receivers. And to me, that's baffling because that's the biggest key to being up on a guy, disrupt his route, disrupt the timing. And then when it comes down to finishing the play at the end, we've talked about his hands too. So I think there's some technique stuff that can make a big difference for Richard Robinson. Yeah, and you mentioned it too the other day. You know, it, it looks like teams are targeting him. You know, and that's the last thing you thought coming into the season that he was going to be the guy. Okay, he's the weak spot in their secondary. That's who we're going to target. No, you, you you thought this guy was going to take that next step and and, and not necessarily be the shutdown corner, but yeah, at least be the strength of that 49ers secondary, at least somebody where you, you're trying to run schemes to get away from him and free up that receiver, but they're just going right at him. Let's move on to Jesus who asks, how much longer do fans have to be forced to watch Hoyer struggle in an offense he's supposed to know? Hashtag frustrated. Yeah, I don't see I don't see CJ coming in anytime soon, right? I mean, maybe after the bye week he set something up, but yeah, yeah. I, I just I see them sticking with Hoyer. It sounds like the plan is just to roll with Hoyer, and I don't think they're going to deviate with what they had coming in. Uh, you have the bye week 11, and so that's still maybe the earliest. Because if he, it's not like... Hoyer has to. You get to, to week 10 and you're 8 and, or uh, 2 and 8 or 1 and 9. Yeah, I think you probably do come back with CJ Beathard after the right. bye week. If, if they have two or fewer losses and Hoyer looks exactly like he's been looking this whole season, I can't see them not going to CJ Beathard after the right. bye. 
Because at that point, you want to see what you have. Right. And it could be... You know what you've got in Hoyer. I mean, it could be halftime of week five. And we already saw C.J. Beathard for one play. And if Hoyer, who has been hurt throughout his career... I mean, C.J. Beathard as the backup and the only other quarterback on the roster right now, he's still one play away. So he might get forced into action whether Kyle wants to put him in there yet or not. And we don't know exactly how he looks behind the scenes. So... You know, maybe he's still a downgrade to Hoyer if he was to come sure. in. So we don't know all that stuff. I'm sure stuff, he must be a downgrade, right? I mean, or else they would go to him. If they thought it was obvious, like, this guy could lead our team to wins, they would put yeah. him in. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, let's go to, we have a question via Facebook, and I uh, don't have the name. Where did the name go? I think it's Jason from Facebook. He says, any thoughts on how over-officiated the NFL is getting? It's getting to the point where there are times I'm frustrated when our opponent is getting a flag. It doesn't seem to be unique to 49ers games. You can see it in game after game. Yeah, I feel like, you know, you could throw a flag on every single play in the NFL. Something's going on on every play. And I just feel like, yeah, there's a time when it's got to be blatant for them to throw the flag. And there's times when they're throwing it when it's not extremely blatant. And it does get frustrating as as an NFL fan because you want to see the players out there, you know, being the star of the show, not, not the zebras. And I, I get what he's saying. I think that might also have to do with, with, the safety thing like we talked about i mean you are seeing a lot of uh, personal foul penalties and things like that and they're really trying to get people to to clean it up on the on the back end there in the secondary and across the middle and stuff like that but you know when it comes to to the ticky tack fouls here and there I, I feel like that's always been the case in the nfl but that's anthony by the way who had that question so i appreciate it yeah i think it's a huge problem around the league just too many penalties i think it's yeah and too many penalties in in key plays that can really affect the outcome of a game and if you want to call a penalty on every play you can and so that means that you should probably not be calling a penalty on every play or else this sport would just be unwatchable so uh, absolutely they need to tuck the flag in call it when it's obvious and if it's any question at all if they're not sure what they saw you just got to hold on to the flag you can't throw it uh, just, yeah the oh, worst thing is the play that that's, happens across the field that has nothing to do with where the ball went and they're throwing a flag it's like come on guys yes, yes. and it's like uh, they're asking the refs to do too much yeah they can't possibly yeah i know what's wrong with getting a couple more referees down there right that maybe that's that maybe that'll help I mean, that'd probably just lead to more flags too maybe just take away some <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe you just get one guy yeah. right there in the middle yeah, I don't know what the answer is except for just it, you can't you can't throw a flag when there's no penalty. You just can't be doing that. So there's right. p- there's too many pl- penalties as it is that are that are legitimate. If it's not obvious and you did not completely see that it was 100% a penalty, do not throw that flag. And a lot of the PI ones are the ones that that are are rough for me because these guys are hand fighting the whole way and touching yeah. each other, and then all of a sudden you're going to throw the flag on one guy when they could have both been flagged, and when it really didn't affect the play. Let the guys fight for the ball. Let the players decide the play. Yeah, and you know you do see every once in a while they'll pick up a flag. You and then I like that. And and maybe you implement some sort, you know, the the new replay system they have where someone's in a booth in New York, you know, watching it and they're calling down like, okay, this is what happened, blah, blah, blah. Well, what's wrong with doing that on a on a serious penalty that might have some significance in a game? You know, like, oh no, it actually wasn't a penalty. We just checked the replay. Like, why isn't that reviewable? I get it. Probably has to do with time. But if you got somebody else watching a big eye in the sky, I, I think that might fix it. I'm totally with you. Let's move on to Vic from Twitter. He says, great show. Love to hear your thoughts on potential trades before the deadline. Uh, he's, got a, he's got a number of questions here for us. The O-line situation and uh, draft trade-up if finishing out of the top five. Hmm, I'll, go, I'll, I'll start with the draft thing for you here. Uh, I, it's too early, Vic. 
Thank you for the questions. Too early to be talking about where you're going to be trading up, trading down. Look, if you are going to end up with Peyton Manning or John Elway or Joe Montana or whatever, and you're at pick five and he's at pick one, then okay, you trade. But generally, I'm a non-trade up guy. It's just it costs too much. And uh, it, but right now it's just too far because I don't I don't even know who's going to be right. there if they're even going to be valuable enough to do it. I thought the Rams and the Eagles were insane to trade up for Goff and Wentz when they did. Even though I liked Goff a lot and I would have been happy with the 49ers taking Goff at pick seven in the 2016 draft. I just yeah you can't throw you can't mortgage everything for a guy unless you are just darn sure that he is your absolute guy. And the, the team at number one probably wouldn't want to trade out if that was the case. Yeah, and when it comes to the the trade side of that, I mean, I, I don't see the 49ers bringing anyone in. I mean, it might be a situation where they, you know, maybe there's a team where their starting left tackle goes down and, you know, you just get a, a King's Ransom offer for Joe Staley. And, and you think, okay, well, this is a long-term plan and Staley's, you know, getting towards the end of his career or you get a Navarre Bowman thing or, you know, you get a guy that's been around for a while that's proven himself. Maybe even it's Carlo, Carlos Hyde sort of situation where you just can't say no to it, you know, where it's going to make your team better in the long run. And sure, it sucks now, but, you know, this you're not winning now. You, you don't plan on winning now. You know, this is this is a, a process. And, and so, yeah, I, I feel like if there's going to be some sort of trade, it's going to be sending people away. I totally agree. And there's usually the, the trade deadline for the NFL is just a total dud anyways. Not many there's guys. There's nothing. Do. Yeah, it's, one it's, or two guys get traded. And it's really hard to get a player incorporated to a new offensive scheme with new language and everything in time sure. to make a, a big difference down the stretch. It'd be easier for some positions than others. But, yeah, I think I think you hit on it. If the 49ers will probably, will probably take some phone calls, you know, if a team wants to blow them away yeah. and give them stuff for a player that they think is not in the long-term plans – then absolutely, but you know the 49ers aren't going to be like making anything. You know, nobody's trading the 49ers any big piece that they want that they're going to be you know building around to move forward. So I don't think anything major is going to happen at the uh, at the trade deadline for the 49ers. Right. Yep. Henry asks, "Is it CJ Beth? Actually, he's got a nickname for CJ Beathard. I haven't seen it. it's CJB three. So I guess the three is the third. So CJB third, CJB three. Uh. That's not bad. It's like CJ two K. CJB three. It's CJB3 era time. Uh, he says, Ray Ray played the best game of his career against the Cardinals, which I tend to agree. Uh, he's looked yeah, as good as he has no in doubt. a 49ers uniform. And Trent Taylor, he's calling out Trent Taylor, too. Uh, good wide receiver, ranks fourth in punt return average as well. So, yeah, absolutely right. I've loved what I've seen from Trent Taylor. And I don't think Trent Taylor is someone who's going to ever go put up gaudy numbers or be a superstar player. Uh, but just he's got that grit. I love seeing him run over. Tyron Matthew and then Tyron Matthew's like oh this guy just ran over me for the first down and then sort of like suplexed him at the end of the play yeah. out of bounds and he was like he probably didn't expect the, the smallest guy in the field to, to run through him on that play but I love that toughness that he shows and the team has gone crazy targeting him on third downs already as a rookie out of the slot so I, I love what I've seen from Trent Taylor absolutely uh, the punt return stuff is just icing on the cake for, for Trent and actually the whole special teams we're gonna have to bring back pinioned inside the 20 mm-hmm. dude he's looking good you know, we were on him quite a bit last year, but I think that, you know, he's now a seasoned veteran. Yeah, yeah, his 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 uh, average jumped up his first two seasons. It was 39-point-something punt mm-hmm. average. It's gone up to, like, 44 this year. Yeah, you yeah. figured it out, man. That's so kicking bad. in that beautiful, hot, sunny weather there in Santa Clara. Absolutely. Oh, and shout-out to Chris Wilson on Twitter, who uh, who put together some stats here because I had asked on an episode if anybody had any numbers on exactly how often Trent Taylor had been used. And he was targeted 12 times on third down, resulting in just two conversions 
and plus one uh, first down via pass interference and only had one wow. one target for Trent Taylor on first and second down uh, last week versus <laughs> Arizona. So. so, yeah, I mean, you've kind of told the defense, they're down, I think you know where we're going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I don't think it matters because he's quick, dude. Dude gets open. And I think that's one yeah. of the keys we've seen from Kyle Shanahan, everyone as he brought in at wide receiver. Uh, the key has been not so much size, but separation. He wants guys that can separate and get open. Yeah, we're seeing more and more of Aldrick Robinson, but you know, with a couple of these drops lately, you think he's gonna, you know, kind of get moved out of the shuffle there. Maybe we see some Bolden in there. I wonder if Bolden might start to get worked in. Maybe you bring Kendrick Bourne up from the practice squad, depending on uh, the status of Marquise Goodwin. But I think he still wants Marquise Goodwin to be the guy. So I think Aldrick is probably just getting reps because they don't have anybody else better. That they I like Bolden around. on those kick returns, man. I feel like oh yes. I feel like every time he touches it, he's going to break it. Same, yeah. I, I love the way he looks on there. Confident, he hits the hole. When he gets it, yeah. he goes, man. He, he's a no-nonsense returner. I love that. No dancing at all. Yeah, maybe you find a way to get him out there, you know, into space or you, you know, throw some little wide receiver screens to him or something and just see what he can do. You know, give him a chance. Absolutely. Let's see here. Sydney Niner, who's an Australian fan. Shout out to all of my Australian listeners. He said, <laughs> he said, would number 33 commit less pass interference penalties if he had his hands tied behind his back? <laughs> you know what? He would still catch as many interceptions. Yeah, he doesn't need his hands. <laughs> That's just that's just not nice. Come on. Come on, Sydney. No, but it made us all laugh. Yeah, let's be laugh. honest. All right, let's move on to Big Dog via Twitter. Does SF make drastic changes to the offense, including quarterback, uh, integrate Kittlemore, and possible trade before the trade deadline to strengthen the offensive line? Now, I think the offensive line's fine. It's, it is what it's going to be. I mean, it's not as good as it could be, obviously, but it's developing from within, which I, I think is, is going to be their goal. The only thing they're going to get on offensive line is they're going to get Joshua Garnett back who wait is Joshua Garnett on IR to return or not I can't remember I believe it's he's on the return one yeah Yeah. okay so it, when, it, when he returns that would probably be the only upgrade they could possibly get along the offensive line this season but uh, I think it's definitely a position they're going to look at in the future Staley's not young and they'll probably add you know a center that's pretty important to Kyle Shanahan's offense he likes having a good center uh you know guard so um yeah it's Nothing, yeah, again, trade deadline, I, I don't expect anything to happen. Kittle, absolutely, I think, out of all the things you mentioned, the quarterback thing is going to happen at some point before the end of the year. We'll see some of C.J. Beathard. But integrating Kittle is something I'm excited to see more of. And it's it's tough for tight ends. Um, it's it's tough for tight ends to develop in the NFL. There's so much to know blocking and receiving-wise. But I've liked a lot what I've seen from Kittle, and I think he will get integrated more as the season goes on, and I, and I, I can't wait to see more of him. Yeah, I couldn't agree more uh, when, when on the Kittle front. I mean, there was a time on, on Sunday where Paulson dropped that ball, and I was just like, oh, that's why you're a blocking tight. <laughs> yeah, block first. <laughs> I get it. You were open because of that, and uh, you're going to be open probably for the rest of the season. Like, yeah, Let's get Kittle involved. I mean, you're talking about you know a guy who's, who's young, he's fast, he's strong, and he seems like a pretty solid offensive weapon. I, I think we're going to see some changes this week. I think we're going to just see, keep seeing changes until, until they start winning. You know, hopefully, you know, Hoyer can can get a little bit more confidence when it comes to to his passes and things like that. There was a time on Monday night we talked about or I heard you talk about uh, Kirk Cousins and this and that and how he plays with such confidence. I mean, maybe it was Barrows that said that, but it's true. I mean, there was a on Monday night where they do that sky cam and they got right in behind him. Yes. And you see, he, just, he was jumping around in the pocket and he just steps up and he. No one was open, and he threw it to the middle of the field, and the receiver cut, and the, as soon as the receiver turned, the ball was there. He just he knew where that guy was going to be. He trusted that that guy was going to be there, and he delivered a strike. And that is an NFL quarterback. And you're just 
you're not fully seeing that with Hoyer. Maybe he doesn't trust his guys to be there just yet. I mean, it, Garcon's looked fantastic up until you know, he was shadowed by Patrick Peterson right. pretty much all game. So that's that's kind of a throwaway game. So hopefully, you know, he comes back this week and and he does, you know, redevelop that trust with Garcon and, and you know, hopefully Goodwin's out there and, and he can stretch the field a little bit. You didn't see a whole lot of that. Uh, against Arizona and you know you just hope that that Hoyer can take a step forward instead of taking another step back yeah it seems like Hoyer's hesitating a little bit you know he does a thing where he pats the ball and sometimes he think he wants to get it out and he can't pull the trigger a little bit but yeah it reminded me a little bit of Kaepernick when he just was like he was waiting for the guy to get open instead of throwing the guy open yes and I by the way I love that camera angle you talked about on Monday Night Football oh it was so awesome seeing some of those throws and it makes you it puts you a little bit in the perspective of the quarterback and you realize yeah. how fast things are moving and how chaotic it is. Yep, it's a yep. lot easier to watch the all twenty two film or watch the broadcast camera and see that there's a guy open. When you see it from that angle, you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a little bit more difficult to uh, yeah, decipher. Like, why didn't you see that guy on the left? Oh, because you've yeah. got six uh, you know, six foot, three hundred and fifty pound guys running at you. Yeah, I get it. But the confidence on some of those throws from that angle was awesome. There was a play he threw to uh Josh Doxon where he threw him oh, open yeah. so far and Doxon just had the ability because he's an acrobat to go down and get it and made a diving catch as that was a really cool uh that was a really cool camera angle for sure yeah i want that angle in every game it's I so too. amazing it'd be awesome if you could just watch the game through that angle i know the whole time yeah the quarterback cam or something yeah exactly all right let's do one more this is from pizzle pants this is an interesting one uh could all of this protest been avoided if harbaugh stayed in caps development continued so he's talking about um and i even aside from the Harbaugh stuff, I always wondered what it would have been been like if Cap would have been traded as he should have before the 2016 season to the Denver Broncos. Because apparently right. they had a deal pretty much in place, but the 49ers had to eat some of Kaepernick's contract, and they weren't willing to do it. That's the way I understand it. And it was, I think, for a third-round pick or something. And I, I thought the 49ers should have done that trade. But I wonder if Cap, in a new environment, would have um, would have still gone through with his protest stuff. Yeah, I mean, San Francisco is definitely, or Santa Clara, you know, the, California is definitely an easy place to, to protest and to, to get some people behind you when you're doing that. Yeah, Denver, I mean, you know, they're, they're definitely a, a liberal place as well, you know. Um, but at the same time, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe he's not as comfortable with yeah, the new team. He doesn't team, feel that the locker room would support him or anything yeah. like that. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's the call, thing I think would have had a bigger impact on whether or not he did it. But, I mean, with Harbaugh around, too, Cap was a different guy after Harbaugh left, too. Uh, yeah. everything changed. That's I mean, I'm going to I'm going to read the book when when Cap comes out with this book. If someone writes a book about Kaepernick because something happened, he went from kissing his bicep to afro and protesting during the national anthem in Malcolm X shirts like very quickly in one offseason. So I, I want to know what happened behind the scenes and, and what really changed his mindset about life, because it was it was a pretty big change. And he was different with the media after that. Mm-hmm. Um, it just he was a completely different person. Yeah, he turned into activist. And, you know, I read something, um, some tweet the other day, I think it was Jamel, Jamal Hill, who who said something like, Kaepernick's more powerful outside of the NFL than in it, because then you can he can use that whole platform of, I'm being, back, being blackballed because of my beliefs and this and that. And, yeah, I mean, we could just you know, spend a whole show talking right. about Kaepernick and, and this whole situation. But, yeah, I really feel like, uh, I mean, you could see, you could see that light switch, you yeah. know, where he just, and I'm not saying it was on or off, but whatever it was, it, 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 he turned he turned into a totally different person. Yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah, and and I'm not sure he will ever get another chance in the NFL. You know, you look at in Tennessee out there, Mariota might not play, and they go out and they sound Brandon Whedon. I mean, come on, 
Yeah, you it's, serious? It's ridiculous. Well, it's, you think he's better than Colin Kaepernick? And it's also crazy that Kaepernick is such a hot button name anymore because of what we've seen, especially the last couple of weeks with everybody he's kneeling the on everybody. You know, he, team. He's, yeah. he's the he's the face of this. And I wonder if anybody else. I mean, if Cap didn't do it originally, so let's say he gets traded to Denver and he doesn't right. do it. And then nobody would have ever kneeled. We have never seen any of that happen. It's just kind of right. crazy to think about. I mean, Eric Reed was there with him the whole time, too. Yeah. So, I mean, I wonder, you know, did they find it out together? Did Kaepernick, you know, get this revelation and then, you know, shared it with Reed and then Reed was in on it? You know, there, there's definitely a lot there as well. Absolutely. All right. Uh, let's. Oh, yeah. One more thing I want to shout out here and a reminder to everybody go over to iTunes and get involved in that PFF giveaway. And I have two names to read out here of uh, some new winners of the PFF giveaway. And uh, I'm not the one picking the names here, so I was waiting for these names to get picked to me. And uh, But I want to read a couple of these reviews because I just want to shout everybody out and thank everybody for reviewing on iTunes and giving those five stars. They've been 100% five-star reviews pretty much since I've taken over the show. So uh, it's been really cool. Uh, Ryan H. Halla says, Brian Peacock is at the top of his game. Peacock and Winkler go together like peanut butter and jelly. So yeah. thanks to Ryan for that one. And uh, I read a couple, I wanted to read a couple of these because they shouted you out too, Nick. Um, Viga says, Brian got me through the offseason with great draft content, mock drafts, and the transition to a new 49ers coaching regime. Uh, kept it honest and positive. Answered questions on Twitter, which was awesome. Big fan. Shout out to Nick Winkler, an optimist like myself. Should have drafted <laughs> Steve Young, though, in the all-time Niners draft. Excellent show. Keep An optimist up. to a fault at some I time. I totally agree. I totally agree there. And by <laughs> I the way, totally won that draft, though. So that second review was by the Twitter handle at Boryniner49, and he is actually one of the winners of the, not because of that great review, it's just at, at random, but he is a, one of the winners of the new Woo! yeah, the PFF Edge subscription giveaway. So they should be in contact with you. And uh, let's see, I, I lost my thing. Where's the other one? Ah, yes. And the other winner is at triple S C H R E F F L E R Schreffler. So at Schreffler and at Bory Niner 49. So congratulations, guys. Enjoy your PFF subscriptions. I think the PFF folks should be getting in touch with you about those uh, subscriptions and enjoy that. And thanks, everybody. And the contest is ongoing. So every week we'll be picking a new winner for that PFF Edge giveaway. Thanks, everybody, who has been rating and reviewing. So that's going to do it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Nick, thank you, as always. My pleasure, buddy. And you can find this not only on iTunes. You can find us on Spotify, LockedOn49ers.com. Find me on Twitter at BD Peacock. Find Nick on Twitter at Bay Area Week. This edition of Locked On 49ers was brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Get into all the action with MyBookie, where they will match your deposit up to a 100% bonus. Use promo code LOCKEDON. Talk to you guys tomorrow right here on Locked On 49ers. See ya.